Hi, I'm Pat Kelly. And I'm Peter Oldring, and we're the hosts of This Is That. Are you kidding? For over a decade, we were radio's go-to source for completely fabricated news. You must be joking me. And now, we're back in podcast form. We've selected some of our favorite stories from over the years and put them in one convenient location. Sugar in the tap water. Bilingual dog park. Charging to see wildlife. This Is That, coming soon on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello and welcome to Laugh Out Loud. I'm your host, Ali Hassan. There's a lot of holiday celebrating going on already, but you should also know that Friday, December 15th is National Ugly Sweater Day. And I tell you that because no one needs to be standing around in their favorite sweater that they are certain is beautiful, that their grandma knit them before she passed away, only to have a friend say, hey, you're celebrating Ugly Sweater Day. How dare you? Today we start things off with a terrific comedian who we've showcased on our program twice in the past. He's gaining a significant loving fan base, and you're about to hear why. From the Okanagan Comedy Festival, here is Charles Haycock. Yeah, nice man. This is good. I can already tell you guys are like a like a hip crowd. Like you get it. You probably have heard about drugs. <laughs> you know what? I, I've been. Th- it's crazy the variety you can get. Like, you know, you can get one drug that tries to kill you, and and then the next drug can save you from that drug trying to kill you. Then the next drug can make you feel a little less sad about the first one trying to kill you, and then the next drug can give you a decent boner. And, and then the next one can make you put maple syrup onto a cracker and consider that an innovation. And then you put it in a microwave for 70 minutes. <laughs> well, no, you don't turn it on. <laughs> You just put it there. <laughs> and, and then you look at it through the microwave window and you're like, why is the window tinted in the opposite direction? I can't see the cracker, but it can see me. <laughs> and then you get scared. You guys, you guys ever get so scared you just go to bed? Like, I'll just die in my sleep, thank you. But then you wake up the next morning and you realize, I don't even have a microwave. <laughs> you go, go into your kitchen, there's just a shoebox with a cracker in it. <laughs> but, and everything's sticky, but you forgot about the syrup. So you don't know why it's... There is nothing worse than a mystery sticky. <laughs> well, <laughs> now you're faced with that conundrum. You're like, if I want to know what sticky this is, I have to taste it. And <laughs> it <laughs> and that is a very high risk, low reward proposition. 
我<笑> When is what it is ever worth what it could have been? Anyways, man, some you know some people they do the same drug but for different reasons. Like some people do fentanyl so that they don't murder their doctor during surgery, and then other people do fentanyl so they can scream while they're sleeping behind my house. <laughs> you ever meet a guy that's screaming in his sleep and you try to shake him awake, but he doesn't wake up, and now you're just adding a tactile experience <laughs> to what he's going through? That's not nice. <laughs> But no, but uh, but personally for me, I've never tried drugs, and uh, I. <laughs> I that wasn't supposed to be a punchline, but <laughs> it it is true. I don't do drugs, and the main reason is because I'm already like this. I don't know what you're clapping for. That it hasn't been an easy life this far. Uh, <laughs> but then there's always still somebody who like tries to get me to into it. You ever meet that one dude? He's just so excited. He's like, "Come on, dude, you just gotta try it one time. It'll change your life. Come on, bro, just one time. It'll change your life." But then you look at his life. You're like, I don't want to live in a shed and use my cat for a towel. <laughs> I don't want to wear a potato sack jacket <laughs> with no pants. <laughs> I think I'm good for now, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, the world has changed a lot, though, hasn't it? Like, do you guys remember before yoga pants? Do you remember before everything was stretchy? Back when, like, designing a pantalon was difficult. <laughs> Bro, back in the day, they were scratching heads like, "Oh, I mean, some people's legs are shaped like legs, <laughs> but some people's legs are shaped like a croissant, <laughs> and some people's legs shaped like a fencing sword stabbed an apple for a kneecap." <laughs> We can't have size small, medium, croissant faces or stuff in apple for Nika. We need a material that could like swallow a deer like a snake. <laughs> in one gulp, we need big gulp snake pants, and they did it. Everything is stretching now. People are doing splits in jeans, like. Those aren't real jeans. They're like 80% cotton, 20% black mamba. <laughs> Everything is stretched. What size pants are those? Depends. What stage of digestion are they in? <laughs> it could be anything. You could take those pants. You could share it with your mom or your dad. <laughs> It'll swallow anybody. I mean, <laughs> these pants are hungry. But it's 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 a global th one family one pants. Everyone <laughs> is together and it's equal, and that's what I think is good equality. Because it used to not be, you know what I mean? Like back in the day, for guys, size was was okay, it was like small, medium, large. But I learned that women, you had numbers, 
Like one, two, three, four, five? I don't think that's cool, man. I think that means there was probably some evil CEO over at Big Clothing. And he was like, ha, 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 ha. What if we made women's sizes relate to how many meals they eat every day? I'm just connecting dots. Don't get mad at me. Some people get mad when they realize it does work as a system. It's a little bit effective. It's only mean because women care, you know. Like guys, guys wouldn't care at all. We would brag about that. We'd be like, I had 11 dinners today. The most in the land. You only had nine, you little boy. But then women are ashamed of people knowing that they need food to live. Anyways, uh, do you guys think that women should vote? <laughs> Nobody, good, okay, well, uh, glad we're on the same page, but... <laughs> Okay, no, but seriously, I mean, I think that most women shouldn't vote because I, th I think the only people that should vote are single moms, right? Because they're the only people that, like, deeply understand that if you pick the wrong guy, there are consequences. <laughs> You know, they have experience. <laughs> I, like, I like to tease single moms sometimes. I ask them about the baby daddy, and because they always start off a little chapped, you know? They're like, oh, that freaking guy, he just, oh my God. But then they stop, and they're like, you know what, though? He gave me the greatest gift I could ever receive. And it's never a boat. It's never a new car. It's, it's always an annoying child. And then I'm like, you're telling me that guy was so generous, he started gifting other women as well? He sounds like a young Santa Claus. Gifting the whole nation. <laughs> it, really, it really is not fair at all though, man. Because now it's crazy. Single guys, they can go out there and they can meet a couple chicks and they can have a good time, make some mistakes. And even if they ruin someone's life, they just be like, oh, I'm sorry. Don't worry, though. I'll just leave you with the greatest gift you all ever received. No refunds. I don't, you're the selfish one receiving only. It's hard to give gifts. I gotta change my name, move cities. It's I just, like, do you guys think that that dude knew he was giving a gift at the time? Was he aware of his philanthropy? When he was, you know, just some absolute tool bag after he lied about wearing a condom, he's driving home like, oh, she is gonna love this gift. Oh. My best one yet. It's 
it will last a lifetime, this one. I mean, I mean, she did specifically ask me not to give her this gift, but my kindness has no bounds. My generosity is never ceasing. <laughs> I just don't know. But, but anyways, man, but, uh, but I, do, I, I do do drugs. Sorry, I forgot. Um, I, it, was, it was a long time ago, okay? And I just did drugs once by accident. And, and uh, the weird part of the story is I did it with my mom. And it's weird, but so like way back in the day when we did drugs together, um, it was when my mom was in her third trimester. <laughs> yeah, you know, some people try a pipe. I tried that umbilical and, uh, and it lasts longer. It lasts. <laughs> I actually, I met, I met one dude and he was trying to like catch drug dealers and find him and, and put him in jail. Oh, he's a cop? <laughs> but then he wasn't good at it. And so I tried to give him advice. I was like, hey man, have you ever thought about tracing it back to the root of distribution? I'm talking about like the uh, miniature Ziploc baggies. <laughs> Who else buys those? <laughs> no one makes a sandwich just to cut it up into 38 <laughs> pieces. to fit into their one-by-one-inch picnic packs. <laughs> They're like, sometimes I'm not that hungry. I just want a Lego amount of mayo and ham. <laughs> Does Ziploc know? They're like, man, sandwich bag sales down, but little tiny little bag sales way up. Surely it's not crack cocaine. It isn't. I mean, Ziploc, they don't sell drugs. They just deliver it, you know? The same way that like Croc Shoes delivers unemployment. <laughs> right? Oh, come on. No one wears Crocs towards an opportunity. <laughs> no one buckles up a Croc to conquer new land. If you're wearing the Swiss cheese of shoes, you're probably heading towards a guy that lives in a shed with a suspiciously moist cat. <laughs> you guys have a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Have a good night. From the Rotary Arts Center in Kelowna, that was Charles Haycock. You can find more of him at charleshaycock.com. Don't forget, Laugh Out Loud is hitting the road again in 2024. We'll be doing three live recordings in the new year, in Niagara-on-the-Lake in January, in the nation's capital in February, and in March, we head to Whitehorse to record an amazing lineup of performers at the Yukon Art Center. Each of these live comedy shows would make an impressive gift or stocking stuffer if you were hunting for such a thing. Find all the performer info and book your tickets at our website, cbc.ca slash laughoutloud. Hello, I'm Jess Milton. For 15 years, I produced The Vinyl Cafe with the late, great Stuart McLean. Every week, more than 2 million people tuned in to hear funny, fictional, feel-good stories about Dave and his family. We're excited to welcome you back to the warm and welcoming world of The Vinyl Cafe with our new podcast, Backstage at The Vinyl Cafe. Each week, we'll share two hilarious stories by Stuart, 
And for the first time ever, I'll tell you what it was like behind the scenes. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's continue with the comedy. You'll recognize her voice from the debaters, on which she has appeared no less than 14 times. From the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, here is Lori Gibbs. Hello, Winnipeg. I'm Lori. Let's be friends. Despite this perfect body, yaddy, yaddy, I have birthed and raised two boys to become hardworking, empathetic, and well-spoken young men. And I am here, thank you, on the pretense of telling jokes, but I really just want to be thanked and applauded. If that's not enough for you, both boys were born and raised in Calgary, Alberta. Sorry, I know. Neither one of them has a cowboy hat, truck nuts, or even a hint of racism. Huzzah! Now, thank me, thank me so much. My younger one has ASD. That's autism spectrum disorder. We used to just say autism, low functioning to high functioning, but somebody didn't like that, so they changed it to a spectrum. I don't know why high functioning was a problem, unless maybe people thought he was actually like high and functioning, <laughs> like strung out on the wacky tobacco, which is understandable. <laughs> because when I'm high, I mean, if I was to partake in the marijuana, be, because I'm very pure, shut up. <laughs> When I'm high, I too can miss social cues and tend to rock alone in a corner. It's, it's a thing. Before that, people with autism were sometimes often referred to by the R word, which, if I'm being honest, I am not cool with. I mean, like, sure, in an etymological way it can work, but honestly, it's such an outdated reference that I'm offended as a person, particularly a mother, but mostly I'm offended as a comedian because it's hacky. If we were to use the R word right now, Winnipeg, I don't know how that would go over. Hopefully like a lead balloon because I'm not a fan of the word, but it is just that. It's just a word and by saying it, we could take away its power. So let's just get it out there. Let's stop dancing around the issue. I'm gonna be canceled for something. We might as well go big or go home. They used to refer to those on the spectrum with the R word, which was, oh, this could go poorly, Rain Man. <laughs> Seriously, and I'm offended. I mean, God bless the acting genius that is Dustin Hoffman. I mean, here's to me, Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> but Rain Man came out in the late 80s, okay? For this pubescent boy in the front row, hello, Scooter, it's nice to see you again. Uh, Rain Man is a movie with Dustin Hoffman, who plays a man with autism, and Tom Cruise, a film actor whom your Auntie Barb secretly loves, although she's not entirely certain of his sexuality, and finds him a little bit on the we side. Now, Rain Man is how many years old now? Um, Oh, screw you, math. It's an old reference. And hey, I'm already elderly for this industry. I'm 30. 
I can't be slinging Dusty Hoffman references at the uber-woke, politically correct city of Winnipeg, Manitoba, known for its inclusivity and acceptance. Oh, I love that you can laugh at yourselves. And that's why we don't say the R word anymore. It's hack, and we're better than that. Rain Man forever. Yes. Now, my older son is neurotypical. Isn't that a slap in the face? Because almost always, when we use the word typical, it sounds like, typical. <laughs> Complete with the involuntary eye roll. So you'd like to register your son in preschool? Does he have special needs, or is he typical? <laughs> Ouch! What's worse is that the now neurotypicals used to be called normal. Normal? Oh my God. If life since March 2020 has taught us anything, it's that nobody is normal. No, because normal is a made up thing. It's made up by big commerce to make us buy stuff to be normal, which again, to be clear, does not exist. The idea of normal is so ridiculous in our house that we actually call it normal. <laughs> I do shows with a group of neurodiverse comedians and the best way to work with them is to change absolutely nothing. Oh, you think I'm not gonna roast you because you have a diagnosis? Really? Have you met comedians? We're loopy as hell. We're effed up, man. I am not going easy on you because you have a shiny diagnosis from the DSM-5. Oh, I like that you knew that. That's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, Volume 5. Thank you. I'm acting like I wrote it. Or, as I like to call it, play me the hits, crazy train. Everyone's on board and it's a hell of a ride. Whee! No, my neurodiverse friends, you're gonna earn your comedy crazy the way that I did, the hard way. Driving 16 hours to do 10 minutes of comedy in Grand Prairie, Alberta. <laughs> With a complete stranger, in a rented Camry, in minus 40, in February. Sure, he could be the next Jeffrey Dahmer, but good news. We get hotel rooms and oh, all the pickled eggs we want. Oh, right, and I forgot, gas isn't included. I made negative $12 on that gig. And that's what I wish for my neurodiverse posse. And trust me, I've talked to them about this and all of the rain men agree with me. They just want to be treated normal. <laughs> If you're lucky enough to have a neurodiverse person in your life, or if you can pick one up on the way home, <laughs> do it, and then book a trip to Disneyland. Stay with me on this, okay? Our family of four arrived at Disneyland with a letter from our doctor that read, this young man has autism and finds it very stressful to wait in lines. <laughs> Please afford him whatever assistance you can to make his vacation a great experience. And I handed that letter over to Princess What's-Her-Nuts at City Hall. 
and she handed me oh the special pass <gasps> this pass gets you to the front of the line on every ride when we got home I scrapbooked that pass I swear to God <laughs> it's not even acid-free paper but I let it in my albums some jokes are only for the scrapbookers because we've been ignored for too long, okay? Crafts, mofos, crafts is what it's all about. Yes, thank you, I knew you were here. Now, the truth is my son isn't too bad at waiting in line. But my husband, oh, God. If he has to wait for more than 10 minutes, he's an arsehole, okay? <laughs> Would have ruined the entire vacation, I promise you. That, with that pass, though, he's walking around like he's Gene Simmons from Kiss. He's like, ah, like, what are you doing? Pirates of the Caribbean, ah, I'm like, stop, you're scaring the children. <laughs> so we have a great day. We all go back to the hotel, we get some sup-sups, and we're chilling, and I look at my typical son, and he looks at me, and we're like, let's go back to the park. Yeah, fireworks, electrical parade, let's give her. So we leave Rain Man in the arsehole back at the hotel. <laughs> and off we go. And that night, we rode the California Screamin' Roller Coaster seven times in a row with no lineups because, uh-oh, how did that special pass get in my pocket? <laughs> Oops. See, now, I'm cool with this because I already know I'm going to hell, okay? <laughs> I'm good. But my kid, the one with me, with the good values, damn, why did I do that? He notices a Disney guy getting suspicious, and he's all like, Mom, 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 Mom. And I'm like, yes. What is it, special needs nonverbal child? <laughs> he says, Mom, like, like how autistic do I have to act? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, dude, you've been his brother your whole life. Come on. <laughs> Bite yourself, lick a window, come on, we got rides to ride, stop being so typical. So, listen, whether you're neurodiverse or neurotypical, a rain man or a normal, what I know for sure is that the last three years have made us nuttier than ever. And it's rather a comfort to realize everybody is effed up in the mentals, big time. I'm looking at you, sir. Um, not to brag, but I have been diagnosed with major depressive disorder with, oh, thank you so much, uh, a side order of PTSD, and uh, thank you, and then I liberally sprinkle it with anxiety. I'm, I know, I'm collecting diagnoses, it's like I'm playing Pokemon and I gotta catch them all. I'm winning! Woo! So please, lean into whatever brand of cuckoo's nest you are and let us see you. That way your weird can find my weird and we can be best friends forever. And that's how we change the world. I love you, Winnipeg. I'm Lori Gibbs. Good night.
That was Lori Gibbs. You can find more of her at LoriGibbsComedy.com. And that is our show. My thanks today to recording engineers Corey Haberstock, Brian Harder, and Jared Hillel. And a special thanks to my producer, Lee Pitts. My name is Ali Hassan. Thank you for listening to Laugh Out Loud on CBC Radio 1 and the free CBC Listen app. I'll see you back here real soon. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.